Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblioscapes in Discussion. Today, I'm joined by local photographer to me, uh, Francis Strott, who's based in uh, based in Glasgow. Good morning, Francis. Hi there. Uh, Francis, uh, based in Glasgow, originally from Orkney, she graduated from Glasgow School of Art uh, a few years ago, um, and her work really focuses on uh, on journeys. So, before we talk about Francis' uh, zine book uh, through another place press a9 it'd be great francis if you could maybe just give an introduction to yourself and also to your, your work and your background all right so um, i'm francis scott um, i'm originally from uh, the orkney islands right off the north coast of scotland um, but i i grew up sort of half in the scottish borders returned home age nine um, and I went to Glasgow School of Art to study. Um, lived in Glasgow for five years. After I graduated, I ended up moving home again. Just no money, I uh, yep. couldn't get a job, <laughs> a typical story. And um, so I, I lived up there for uh, sort of two and a half years, I think, before yep. returning to Glasgow. So I seemed to just be pinging between the south of Scotland and the north. Yes. Um, yeah, and so I now work at the Glasgow School of Art uh, part-time and the rest of the time I'm working on my own photographic practice. Very good. And, and at what stage did you did you really become interested in photography and did that become a, a strong passion for you? Um, well, I, I studied communication design, so it's I hate making decisions. <laughs> I'll put it off forever. <laughs> so while the art school offered a fine art photography course where you study photography, sold yes. for four yep. years. The communication design course offers the first two years is mixed and blended. So you're you're studying a mixture of illustration, graphic design and photography. And yep. that really suited me because it wasn't cutting anything out that I was interested in. Yep. Then in third year you have to specialise. Um, I postponed specialising again by running off to Canada to do a, an exchange <laughs> where I studied a mixture of illustration and photography. And it was actually <laughs> that exchange period that, that told me photography was the one, because I had been leaning towards illustration. Okay. And I discovered, I basically hated my illustration course and I loved my photography one and it just came naturally, I didn't have to force it. And that was where I realized, was I gonna spend my future forcing something or something that actually seems to just, you know, come naturally. So that's where, when I returned to Glasgow, um, I specialised in photography and I had two years under uh, the tutor at that course, Andy Stark, yep. who is an excellent tutor and really helped push push me further. Yeah, push your, push your work on in the direction you've now uh, taken it in. So obviously talking about uh, talking about your work, it's very much journey based. I, I think that's certainly the feel I get from from looking at it. And when I saw Ian was, uh, was bringing out the A9, for those of you who don't live in Scotland, the A9 is the longest road in Scotland, and it basically runs from the central belt all the way to the very top. Um, and everyone knows the A9, everyone has got experiences of the A9, generally being stuck behind lorries, going up a very, very slow, uh, slow, sleep, steep road that no one can overtake on. Um, so whilst everyone's got their own journeys that they can relate to, it'd be lovely to hear about your journey, because I think it's very much a personal journey for you and on on the a9 yeah of course so it's it really relates back to my childhood 
Um, so as we say, journeys were the, the sort of umbrella theme that all of, so I, I made this work when I was in fourth year at art school uh, yeah. in 2014. Um, and uh, sort of making a journey through a landscape, whether unfamiliar and laterally more often a, a familiar known landscape is, yeah. is kind of the umbrella that covered all of these projects. And um, the, the reason that A9 is so significant to me is, as I said, uh, when I was quite young, left Orkney, my, my parents separated and my mum and I lived in Hoyk in the Scottish borders. Yep. And we spent every holiday, four times a year, she would package me up into the back of the car and we would drive north to see her parents in Wick. Yep. And I would go over to Orkney to see my dad and his mum. So all my yep. family were, were up north. So it was this sort of almost pilgrimage yes. thing. Yep. And, as an only child, uh, like I didn't have siblings to keep me entertained. You can't really read when you're in the back of the car, you get car nope. sick. And my mum was quite a, a nervous driver, so she liked me to be quiet. So I ended up just having this window for company, yes. um, of watching the rain run down. <laughs> yeah, more, more often than not in Scotland, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a big sort of ritual she gave me, I think it was 20 or 40p, I would put into the little ashtray and when we hit the the um the fourth road bridge that was the the toll money so I got to bring that out <laughs> and I would wait for all these little signifiers like like the the Berrydale Braes you know that that bit through the Cairngorms you were talking about with yep. like the, the snow poles at the side of the yes. road um, I really was fascinated by the like the lorry escape beds like what yep. is that for are we gonna go in that, that kind of thing <laughs> and, um, and also all the, the kind of really excitement of the, the sort of falling rock signs. Like when you're little, yes. it feels like rocks are going to fall. <laughs> so um, it was really just a, a very long journey and it sort of has embedded itself in the back of my mind. Um, there's a quote, oh, let me find it. So when I was doing research for a, a different project, I came across this quote by Rosemary Sullivan that said, um, the, the landscape of childhood forms the foundation layer of our psyche. So I think I was, I was interested in the way these initial landscapes became part of my fundamental understanding of Scotland and of my family. And it sort of split me into this binary. So, you know, two parents, one in the north, one in the south, um, sort of an island versus city or, yes. or childhood and later adulthood, you know, so I could separate two parts of myself one belonged in the north and one belonged in the south. And the road was this opportunity for my thoughts to catch up with this other part. Yeah. So when leaving home, it was really satisfying having moved back to Orkney, heading for the city to have these physical markers um, separating me from my childhood. Like you've put that distance between you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's 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 when you talk about just the, the different milestone points in the journey. It's it's for me as well. It's like we travel up to the Cairn Gorms quite a lot, and it's it's the sign of reaching Dromopter Pass. You mm. you kind of feel as though you're 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 closer to to where you're going than you are from where you've been because as yeah. you see, as a child, the A9's a long, it's a long run, <laughs> it's a long journey, it's a long road. As an adult, it's still a long journey. It's a long road. The only difference is you know exactly how long it is because it just it just feels as though it goes on and on and on and on. But at the same time, it's one of the most beautiful scenic roads that as a child, you probably don't appreciate. Whereas as an adult, when you're driving up through it, the landscape is absolutely stunning. 
and yeah, it's it, it brings for me it brings back a lot of memories as well. It's I used to travel up to Blair Athol where my grandparents used to have a big caravan. So I still I could I could remember the journey probably turn by turn. So I did it so many times, but I always remembered we always turned off as you got to the first snow gates. And I always oh, yeah. wondered I always wondered as a child, I wonder what it's like beyond that yeah. point. Because I, <laughs> I, I basically never went beyond beyond mm-hmm. that point. So again, it's the it's the small bits that everyone can relate to sitting in the back, the rain bashing off the windows um and it, it it's the it's the it's the, the small the small details that we remember that actually help develop and help tell the stories in in the future when when you're making that journey 20 years later in a in a very in a very different scenario and um i also really liked your the stories that you tell um throughout the book and i was just wondering Obviously, they link the, they begin to link the journey together. How important were the words in your work? Um, it's something that I do with a lot of my work. I, I kind of I, I was figuring it out. So you know, you, you do things instinctually, and then you realise later, oh, that that's what the purpose behind that was. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's sort of I make my images using film, so I I don't have that fight between seeing a landscape taking it and then being confronted with this digital display that actually, oh, look, you didn't yes. get it. Keep yeah. So with film, I tend to just take it once, assume I've got it, if I didn't get it, too bad. And it might be days, weeks, even months before I process that film. So I've got time for that journey and the feelings and emotions and the things I saw to kind of settle. And I, I like to write them down as soon as possible. And that means no matter what, was captured or failed to be captured by the film, I, I locked down the core of the journey on paper. Yeah. And it helps whether I use that writing in the work or whether it's just for me, it helps um, pace the book or, or however I you know, output the project later. Yeah. It helps, it helps figure out what is the message, what, what am I trying to communicate and, and I can get it out through the pictures. Yeah. It means that if, if there's something that I failed to photograph, I've not lost it. Yeah, yeah, you, you've you've still recorded the memory of, of of what it was that you were, what, what, the essence of what you were trying to capture and convey. So um, there's there's a lot of frustration in in the text. Uh, I feel like so the the project, a bit of context. I I kind of had it at the back of my mind throughout the whole year, and was frustrated that I couldn't um, go out and make it because I had no transport and I couldn't afford to hire a car. That kind of yeah. thing. Um, in April that year, so bear in mind our deadline is probably I think the end of May, so we're getting quite close to final so, so, hand. So was was this your final project, and was this done yeah, as exactly. your final project? Yeah, I had three others that were kind of already done, and this was the final like got it in the bag. This sort of boosted um, yeah. you know, my overall result by having this project. So yeah. in April of that year, my my granddad who lived in Wick um, died and um, his car became available to me. So I, I suddenly had the means to, to carry out the project. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the run up to that, I, I, his funeral was in, in Inverness and I took the train up and I was glued to the window and I knew I was gonna do this project. Yeah, okay. And I was writing, so the rail line runs pretty close to the road. 
yes, and I was yep. spying all these things and I was writing down like oh at this bit near lay-by whatever yeah there's a thing so I knew when I would be driving I, I probably wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I had to look at the road as well so there were going to yes. be things I'd miss up to Inverness back down again and then back up again on the bus to collect the car so I had these three sort of reckies to yep to sort of write down what I wanted to capture. And then the, the final route where the photographs were made are from Wick, I traced the old A9 up to uh, John O'Groats, um, linked back to, to Thurzo, down the Cassie Meyer, um, just making sure I traced both the old A9 and the new A9, because it's changed quite yes. a few times yep. in a few years. And then uh, down as far as kind of, I think it's quite near Falkirk that the road finally peters out and turns into motorways. Yes. Uh, yeah, so back to the writing, which is your original question. Uh, there's, there's, I start off writing about being in Wick and sort of the, the fog um, that had sort of filled that northeast corner of Caithness and how I'm supposed to leave, but I, I didn't want to leave my granny. Yes. Um, so I quite like that she's in it because, you know, you don't want to write your whole family story, but she's in there. Like there's a, a link. Yeah, there's, a, there's importance to it. Yeah, and it's the, I mean, I don't explicitly write about, like, my whole childhood and going up yeah. and down, but it sort of links it to the, the family connection. Yes. Um, and then the next bit of writing uh, covers my absolute frustration on the second day when I discovered that my camera had steamed up on the inside of the lens. And I had accommodation booked down in Perthshire, and I, I had to get there. So I think I had some images that were made between Wick and sort of Sutherland that worked. And from that point on, I couldn't take any more pictures. I just had to be patient and wait for it to, you know, unsteam yeah. itself. You yeah. can't clean it, you can't get in there. Yeah. So so that bit of writing is just utter frustration. And then the next day I have to double, double back up to Inverness to capture the things I missed. And on that day I had so many strange encounters with, <laughs> there's something about being a lone female in these places, because you're not you're not doing what you're supposed to do. On the A9, you're supposed to be going A to B. And I'm parking, yes. getting out and wandering about like a weirdo. And I had lorry drivers phoning the police on me. I had a gamekeeper coming up and accusing me of stealing grouse eggs. Um, <laughs> so I've kind of recorded all these little moments in it. Um, yeah, the, the police came and were sort of going, what, what the hell are you doing? And they were quite worried about me. Yeah, you, um, as you see, as you say, when you're driving up the A9, you don't see very many people out wandering around away from their car. <laughs> you, you see people no. wandering around in the in the many laybys there are, but out with the laybys, it's a case of, right, why is someone there? There, there, has, there has to be a reason um, yeah. because, <clears throat> as you say, it's from getting A to B um, mm. and uh, and... Yeah, it's but again, it shows that people who make the journey are very observant and and yeah. and, and do actually and are and and are actually paying attention to saying, "Well, right, there's someone there by themselves. Why? Why are why are they walking? Why are they walking around uh, this this strange part of the E9, which is not very safe um, to do so? So it's great from that point of view." That uh, at least people are looking out for you while you're uh, yes. while you're recording your journey, and it's so it's obviously your the 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 reasoning behind the project wasn't 
another place press, but it was actually your your final degree work. And did you produce a book out of that as well, or or how was your final presentation from that perspective? Because I think it's I think it's really quite interesting that your the project whilst this came out last year, the project actually was photographed for a very specific reason, totally unrelated to mm-hmm. to, to the book that we're doing at the we're, we're talking about at the moment. Because for many people, if if the book is maybe the intended output, then it's generally the first intended output. Whereas for you, it wasn't. It was very much based on your studies and and you you had identified the journey that you wanted to make. So I'd be interested to understand what the first output was and how that maybe actually then translated to the second output. Mm-hmm. So as I said, I was really uh, tight for for time, and ideally this would have been a book the first time round. That's what I would have wanted to make. Yeah. Um, but I, because I didn't have time, I had to sort of compromise. So we, uh, I did a, a portfolio-based presentation where yeah. each image was on its own, um, one by one in a sort of A3 pre- uh, presentation box. Yeah. Um, but to sort of bridge the gap between, you know, contextless images, one after the other, in a, that could get shuffled and out of order, yeah. I... I accompanied it with this little booklet, um, which had, um, I'll just grab it. Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, it's, I know the listeners won't be able to see it, but you can. So it's this tiny little oh, uh, nice. sort of car, uh, cardboard bound booklet yep. um, where I initially, so the, you open the cover, there's a, a sort of, same as on the back of, of the yes. theme, there's a kind of bibliography. Why, yep. why have I done this project? Uh, I've dedicated it to my granddad. Yep. Um, and then through it, just because I think I don't know, as a young student in Glasgow, where I'd be speaking about the north of Scotland, things like the North Coast 500 and that didn't exist then. Yeah. People, yep. there wasn't so much of a pool up there. There, there wasn't this sort of like Instagram making people go to Sky. You know. Yes, absolutely. North of Aberdeen and I was kind of disgusted I was like what <laughs> so um, I I because of this I thought well they don't know they don't know about the north of Scotland so and maybe the reader doesn't know that I, I sound rude but I, I I kind of wrote a factual description of various locations and then I would intersperse these factual descriptions with with the ones that have ended up in the zine so yes. the, the the reflections on each day yeah at the end of the book there is a, a sort of catalogue ah. of all the images so you yes, can refer yes. to the title and it has them in order. Very nice. So it kind of bridges the gap between um, portfolio-based and, and book. And the idea that would be that you would hold this little booklet, look through it as you flip through the portfolio. Yeah. But ultimately it should have been a book if I had time. So it's really satisfying that Ian has given me this opportunity to finally yep. get out in its originally intended form. Yeah, so how and, and uh, how how close does it relate to your, is it exact in terms of all the images? Are they the same or are there some images that haven't been included? Just interested to hear how how you took your vision and your first, your first set, the first work that you did back in 2014 and how it's been transformed to the field note zine and 
Um, I'm assuming obviously the text will be very similar, but in terms of the images, do they they will now follow the logical order that you intended them to be to viewed in? I take it, or or has uh, or have you and Ian worked some magic ray and mm -hmm. um, and done and made some tweaks just to maybe change the flow of it slightly for 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 viewing purposes? Some images that you know when you're kind of in up up to your head in a project, yes. you can't see the wood from the trees and. Yep. Sometimes I think I felt I had to have certain images in to, to show certain elements of the road that I now look at as, as weaker. So yes, yep. a great opportunity to cull all of those images that have maybe yep. been irritating me over the last five years. Or Absolutely, whatever. yeah. Six years between making it and publishing it. So I had time to sort of... Think about it. Yeah, know how yeah. I felt about certain images. Um, but... On the whole, the, the order that the images are in hasn't changed too much. I think I sent Ian the, the original order and then maybe in terms of some pairings, we had to swap things around because they maybe were too repetitive side yes. by side. I yep. tried to have a, a light image, like a light toned image opposite a darker one so that because it was quite rainy and dull a lot of the days and I didn't want the book to turn to mush. Yes. So you've got you've got um for example that that image where the, the very deal braze is off yes. the bridge and they these forms echo each other yes. even though these were all taken on totally separate days and these. they're actually quite far apart from each yes. other. Yeah. We try we tried to keep it as close as we possibly could get from very north heading south. So, yes. There's a little bit of flexibility we're not totally strict. absolutely yes at, at the end of the day you've got to there's you've got to give consideration to what the the viewing experience is for someone who's picking this book up with no knowledge of the a9 at all they, their knowledge of how far some of these points are apart but really it bears no resemblance but actually by just making some adjustments to it, the the flow of the work just works that much better. I must say, I, I I really do like the the last couple of images, which are are down in like central Scotland, where you where you perhaps see all the other cars and you see the the street lights and um, mm -hmm. it's 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 a nice it's a nice way because the 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 journey is very much about the Highlands. But yeah, everyone, you've got to remember that it starts off in the central belt where. There's mm -hmm. lots and lots of cars driving up the dual carriageway of the A9 from Dumblane area as well up to mm -hmm. Perthshire, and um, so it's, it was really I I really like the 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 last couple of images when you talk about as you're driving south and yeah the the last image in particular really feels as though you're at the southern end mm -hmm. the metropolis as <laughs> such of, of of the A9 as you come down to the the horrific Perth roundabouts. <laughs> <laughs> take hours to to get around at Russia and stuff like that. Um, so, and how how was the experience working with Ian? Obviously, I think it was this was it the second book that you'd done with Ian. Um, so we we worked on my first book, um, kind of at the end of two thousand and nineteen, heading into twenty twenty, and it was published in February last year, uh, which was Undertow, which is about my project to walk the coastlines of Orkney. Yeah. So having had that experience 
He then, um, sorry, uh, which, which was excellent. He then went on to start this Field Notes series. Yes. Um, and he'd said to me previously that while he like he really liked the A9 project, and he felt this connection to it, um, growing up in the Highlands himself. Yes. That it, it, it wasn't substantial enough to be a book of its own, like a yep. full book. Yes. Perhaps yep. if I went and worked more and I gathered more images, like for me, I've I've always wanted to get the road in winter. Like this kind of yeah. black tarmac cutting through these pure white hills. Oh, you'd be lovely, yes. For future yeah. practice. Uh, but he said it would substantiate a, a photozine, yep. which is brilliant to hear in the middle of lockdown when I had not been very productive and was feeling a bit sort of uh, maybe down about, you know, not being able yes. to get, make new work. It, I mean, what, what more would you want than being able to work with these images you have that have been sitting on a hard drive? nobody's been seeing them and to be able to you know just put them into an InDesign document and get them out into the world um so yeah a totally welcome proposal from from Ian um when we were working on it um he so I fired over to him sort of my my old jpegs and I said please give me some time I need to fix these I'm way better at editing than I was six years, Five years ago. ago yep yeah, so luckily I had edited non-destructively and I could go back and fix everything. Yes. <laughs> uh, and he he came back to me with an initial layout, which was quite, um, I don't know what the word is, like dynamic, sort of the yep. like small image, big image, things kind of moving around. Yeah. As is quite fashionable at the moment. And this was kind of one of the ways Undertow had been laid out. It was quite a... It wasn't a static layout. It yeah, was, it was more fluid. Yeah, that's the right word. And um, for me, I sort of went, ooh, but it, it didn't fit with the A9 for me. And I, I said, could we, kind of inspired by Peter Ian Campbell's Ask the Sea, I think it's called, where it's all these images of oil oil rigs and oil workers, and they it's just these straight squares, one after the other. Yeah. And it just gives you this time with each image rather than sort of, bouncing between them yes yeah image look at it next image just yeah. look at it. and i thought for me actually that was closer to the uh, a windscreen yeah uh, or a, a window of a car like you're just being given these absolutely these yeah edits. they're in the same format and they change and so i sent that to ian i said can we do this and he was like oh do you know and i said i don't know if it's too boring and then he was like oh i didn't want to suggest that because i thought you might think it's too boring <laughs> what i wanted to do is <laughs> So that's how we ended up with the very straight. Yes. But they're all the same size. Um, sometimes they're on their own, sometimes they're paired, and sometimes they are accompanied by text opposite. Yep. Um, and that's about the three, the three different ways that the images appear. And we basically, um, I think he sent me a first draft. I, I did that thing where I tried to put light images with dark images. I maybe shuffled a few around. Yeah. We were concerned. I think there was one image of the kind of, you know, those poles that stop. Yes, the trucks. Too high from driving yep. through. That one actually is further north than we've placed it in the book. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who knows? Mind? Yeah. I don't mind. So nobody else should mind. <laughs> And it, as you were saying, it ends with this sort of image in the south. So the first and last images, I suppose, are quite important. The first one is of Scrabster. Yeah. Um, or sorry, it's taken from Scrabster, looking over to Thurzo. Yeah. And for me, heading south from Orkney, um, that's that's like a really important 
you know, you're, this is your, your beginning of the journey. It, that, yeah, that, it's, where, it's, where the, it's where the journey begins. Yes. And then the last image, as you were saying, is, is of the kind of jeweled section of the road. I think that is near the, it's maybe the bank foot turn. Oh, yes. I can't yeah. remember. Or there's another one that sounds very similar that I always get mixed up. The reason that is at night is because, so I had these very short three days to make the project. And <clears> after I left Perthshire, it started getting dark and this was the first time I had ever driven the A9 on my own and right. I was 23 I'd always had like a parent with me or been on a bus <laughs> and suddenly I had to figure out how to do dual carriageway on my own <laughs> and so I didn't take any pictures because I was probably like white knuckled <laughs> um, but I, I went back up another night retraced my steps and I took this long exposure yep. by the side of the road um, and the reason I wanted to get this is because it was these sort of darkness flowing through these avenues of streetlights. And, yeah. and at this point, like you're saying, you start seeing the signifiers of the central belt and the city and the air changes. And you maybe see big industrial sites and, and you know, the, the air is kind of orange with the, with the yeah. light pollution. And having travelled down every holiday from Orkney back to uni, and being able to tell how I was feeling based on did I get yeah. a hit of dread as I hit, you know, the the signs of Glasgow and the yep. big oil and uh, not oil the the gas. Um, yeah, the gas. Yeah, I know. Like I, I know where you are. Yep. So maybe sometimes I was really excited and enjoying my course, and I would be delighted to be back in Glasgow to see my friends. And sometimes I would just get this increasing buildup of dread. So for me, these signifiers of the south. I needed one to, to end the book. Um, yeah, I, I, th I think it, I think it works really, really well. I, as you say, it, it, the the landscape of the of the road changes as you get down towards the big smoke, and it's it's even when when you're driving north. And when we drive north now, if you're if we're heading up on a Friday evening, once you get past Pitlochry, it's amazing how quieter the roads are because mm -hmm. that's kind of the the mass of people are coming from maybe perth up to that area and then beyond that it's really very very quiet and then once, once you get north of abbey more up to inverness it begins to be a wee bit busier again so mm -hmm. it's uh, it's great from that point of view and yeah i i think it's a, a wonderful body of work and yeah i can looking looking through i can just resonate and identify maybe wrongly where some of the locations are but the likes of the big pylons and you, you know so many of the parts of the road where they some fool decided to put the huge big pylons all the way down the middle of the Cairn <laughs> Gorms and stuff like that. And but it's 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 all brings back back the memories of our own personal journey. Um, so there are maybe three or four images within it that have special significance or that you particularly like. Yeah, I'll talk about that. So um I think the, the initial maybe first five or six are yep. all weakness. So for me, uh, well, I actually had my, my granny in the car for some of them because cool. she was like, ah, I'll come with you. And she just <laughs> sat patiently in the car while I stopped 300 times and stood in the middle of the road in the fog with my tripod like an idiot. Yes. <laughs> so that I quite like them thinking, oh, my granny was listening for them. Yeah. Um, the, the first one I'm going to talk about is um, the image, it's quite, it's maybe five or so in of the, of, um, it's Dunbeath. 
and you're seeing the old road. Uh, I'll hold it up to you, sorry. This one. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the reason, so this was uh, one of my, I had two big pictures in my degree show, A1 size, and this was one of them. Lovely. And the reason it kind of sums up a lot of what I was trying to show with the project is it, it's about um, the my family history. You know, generations of my family have been tripping up and down this road, and I hear the stories from them. And so when my mum would take me, she'd go, oh, do you know, when I went up, this bridge wasn't here. We had to go wiggling around the whole coast yes, yeah. a million years, this sort of thing. So this shows this old road. It shows the, the bridge coming over this big sort of weird monumental sort of sculptural thing coming down. Yeah. And in the, fork, in, in the, sorry, in the distance to the left, under the bridge, you can see the actual village itself, which has basically been completely bypassed. Yes. And it was to sort of hold these three things yep. together. The, the, the fact that a lot of the A9 now bypasses all these towns, which basically thrived off it in like the 70s. Yep. Um, and yeah. the, the old and the new together. Yep. Um, there's a great documentary, which you can all watch, called A9 Highland Highway. I think it's in the National Libraries of Scotland. So it's you can just, it's, it's freely available. I wrote it, yep. Um, and they show the them doing up the road in I think either the late seventies or the early eighties. Oh, cool. oh, very and interesting. You can, yeah. They talk about diverting the Tay and building these giant bridges, <laughs> and it's just really exciting. Like yeah. I'm such a nerd, but <laughs> so I think this image kind of has that bit of excitement for me about these yes. humongous yeah. structures. Um, and I briefly. Obviously, the next page is the Berrydale Breeze, and that is not like that anymore. They've changed it now. Yes. So this is like, for, for me, from my pals from Orkney who, who spent their childhoods also driving up and down the road, like my friend, my best pals, she's horribly carsick and dreads the Berrydale Breeze, whereas <laughs> for me, it was like, finally, an exciting thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's these, these series of really, really tight hairpin bends, one after the other, on a on a really drops. really yeah on a really really steep hill that yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, famously sort of dangerous for for lorry drivers so that's why they've changed it now so I guess that image is historical yes. now makes yep. me feel like ancient <laughs> um, my second image I know I've spoken about ten images already but my second right. image that I want to mention uh, is the Independence Now um, yep. graffitied onto the, yes. the rock face so 2014 was the the year of the Scottish referendum. Um, so we're in April, the referendum was in September. At that point, I was, I mean, I was deep in like fourth year studies. I wasn't really thinking about politics yet and I was undecided. And doing this project actually helped me make my, my mind up because up and down the whole road, there were little clusters of yes and no thanks signs depending on what area you were in so it was like yeah. this big cross-section of Scotland's feelings yes. so around Inverness um and kind of more to the north you'd see yes signs everywhere then you'd hit Perthshire and it would all be these purple no thanks signs yeah. and then kind of back south to Glasgow that kind of area you started seeing the yes signs again and I kind of, you know, when you toss a coin and it lands a certain way and you know how you feel? Yeah. I, I started getting kind of... The feeling. off at these no thanks signs. <laughs> and the yes signs just felt more positive to me. So I quite liked... And this this graffiti here that says independence now on the 
on the rock face is just south of Inverness. And whoever did it keeps doing it up. Did Every it? time I drive past, it's, it's, got a new, it's got a new coat on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I quite wanted to show, because obviously we're so used to these signs now. They're just part of everywhere you look, but at that point it was new. So yes. yeah. that's, that's a, one that for me is a kind of marker of time. And then another one is this image of the, the crumpled pylon. Yeah. Um, I think I was really lucky. I mean, this is one of the most striking images in the in the series, and it just happened that they were uh, taking down all the old pylons that were smaller and building these new ones. So I've got, I think, is it one page after the other or pretty close together? You flip from old toppled pylon that looks like a giant squished it with its foot and the new giant pylon in construction. Um, and I think I, I've been sort of heavily influenced by Arndt and Hilla Becker and their images of, of these sort of structures within a landscape and also um, Mark Riddell who, who made the book Westward the Course of Empire of yep. these giant railways being built in, in America and it's just sort of the, the, the weird monumental uh, sculptural forms that you find. And, yes. Um, after I'd taken the picture and when I'd scanned it in and I was sort of cleaning all the dust out, I noticed there's a tiny little bird sitting on top of the pylon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yes. I was like, oh, I never knew he was there. So I just, that's just one of my uh, sort of favourite photographs that I've, I've made. Um, and I'd, I like seeing the mountains in the background as well because they're yes. actually quite hard to photograph. They're not, yeah. they're not the most dramatic mountains no. because you're kind of up on the level with them they don't yeah. appear to be that high so i like that you're getting to see the the snow That's, and, and, and at some point at some room. points as well from the road as well they're set quite far away it's mm -hmm. not like driving through glencoe where they're really very well defined yes. and really very close to you when you're driving up through the cairn dorms they, they can be quite a, a distance mm -hmm. off and beautiful to see but as you say yeah even something in the foreground quite hard to to get the the re real feel of the scale of the mountains and as you say you're you're up at such a high point as well that um, um you maybe don't get the real full impact on how big the mountains actually mm -hmm. actually are there's a photo i've always wanted to take but never have managed of so dramocter summit just a bit south from there is where the two jeweled parts of the road split off yes and if you're a forgetful driver you'll are not paying attention or you don't know the road that's, I think that's where a lot of accidents happen because the road wavers between separate and dueled and then single and then dueled again and yep. you get a lot of people overtaking when actually it's it's not a dual road anymore. But yep. because the road splits and wavers like these two snakes, I would love in winter to go up one of the hillsides and look down at yeah. this. That's yep. a picture I want to take, but I, one day I'll get there. I well, think that's, um, yeah. Robin Glanders has a, a really good picture of that spot as well, but from, I think, an island between the two halves of the road. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I think it's when he traced Edwin Muir's journey. He's He's got a picture there that I'm like, ah, I could Works really nicely, that. yeah. <laughs> you got there first. Yeah. Very good. So moving on, obviously, the podcast and the website's all about books and photo books in particular. So it would be, I'm always really fascinated and it's and it's always a really interesting part to hear what uh, photo books 
you enjoy from other photographers you find influential or you just enjoy picking up. So it'd be it'd be great if you can maybe give me three, four, five of uh, some of your your fa- your personal favourites. Yes, of course. So I'll I'll start with um, I I suppose I'll go through in the order that I maybe encountered them. Yeah. So um, sleeping by the Mississippi by Alex Soth. That that was one of the kind of works that I I came in. I kind of became aware of before I had specialised in photography and kind of what I, I really loved his, it's more his landscape pictures and his portraits that I'm after, but um, it really kind of resonated with me, the, the way he makes his images and the things he takes pictures of, and also the, the it's a journey. Yes. So, yeah. and it's following this this river. And uh, and he said he's, he's not trying to make a documentary about the river. He's tracing his very own Mississippi. He's making yep. his own one up. I, I like that because I'm not I'm not a documentary photographer. I'm 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 sort of pulling out my own landscape from the existing landscape in front of me. Um, which is what I've done later with, with my Orkney work and um made work in Toronto about the, the ravines that run through the city. And it's yep. again, it's following, it's often following some sort of linear geographic thing. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's the rule and, <clears throat> and I'm making my own. So that that, that was a big influence. Yeah. Um, I'll just grab another one. Obviously. Sure. So I bought this recently, but it was one that came um, into focus when I was making the A9 project. It's uh, Westward, The Course of Empire by Mark Rudell. Yep. I think this is like a, a damaged copy, which is why I bought it, you know, affordably. But, <laughs> but this this image here of, of the kind of blasted railway lines through the through the mountains. Yep. That that's as a child kind of how I saw the A9. Yep. Yes. And especially that bit at Slough Summit, um, where you, you go through and the, the railway is beside and they've just blasted through the, the the rock and and you can see it kind of up and down like this yes. so that's a photo i really wanted to take but you get fined like a grand by trespassing that's on the railway and that's yeah. when the police came oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was just a coincidence but it was because the the lorry driver was going hold on a minute why is she wandering around i'll get the police to see if she's okay, okay. Yeah. so i was like i've been thwarted yes. <laughs> but this, this image here of the the, this kind of rickety bridge cutting across okay. the uh, ravine. Um, but that's sort of like, you know, some, some of what I wanted to capture of, of the bridges and these these structures in the A9, and you can see it like this, these yes. kind of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the listeners, it's it's a picture near the end of a, a big sort of scaffolding to stop the electricity lines from touching the railway that they, they build sometimes. Yes. Um, yeah. So Mark Mark Riddell's this this book just it, it kind of captures the the hubris of man to go and you know make mold the landscape to their um, needs. Yeah, the shape that they require for what they're trying I, to deliver. Yeah, yeah. and I yep. think that's where the the that in documentary. If you if you look at Mark Riddell's photographs and then go and watch that documentary about the A nine that was on about that that basically captures. Make, yes, makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Brings it all together. Exactly. So I've spoken about those two. Um, right. Then 
uh, one book that's been hugely influential to a different project um, is Stone Built by Guni Moberg, which is quite a small book made in the 70s and it's aerial pictures of uh, Orkney. All right. You can get it. Hold on, I'll speak to Just getting it. It's available from the Orcadian uh, bookshop in Orkney. Right. Okay, um, cool. I'm sure you can email them and get a copy. It's it's eight pounds. Very um, good. This is a reprint of an original that was printed at the end of the 70s, but it's just it's 18 oh, cool. aerial photographs of stone structures in Orkney. Lovely. And this book is basically what has led the latter half of my undertow project. Yes. So I've completed the, the mainland, which is the island where I'm from in Orkney, and I didn't know where to go next. So I let Goonies photographs tell me where to go. So yeah, very nice. Um, following following her. And also I've, I've got, um, for example, like I, I worked for an airline. I spent a lot of time seeing Orkney from the air and this sort of links with that experience. Yes, yeah. It, it really captures everything. Yeah, <laughs> bro. the next one. It's this, uh, it's called the Sheep Fort. Oh so yeah, cool. This sort of tidal um, structure built for the sheep to hide in when, when the sea came up. And yes, yes. that's actually been washed away now. So it's just so exciting. <laughs> sort of remote and yeah, by itself. Yeah. So that's that's an important one. Um, I suppose looking more at what well, this is one of another place presses books. It's called The Moor by Robert Darch. I don't know if you have that in I do, yeah. <laughs> So for me, like that just shows you what you can achieve in a relatively small, um, you know, kind of the size that another place press would do, where it's these personal, intimate um, photo books. And it's, yeah. it's like watching a film. His yes. photos, they're so cinematic and he's creating this fiction. He's, he's creating a story, but because it's not, because it's photographs and not sort of rammed down your throat, you're allowed to make your own story. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm anywhere near that I'm, in terms of like allowing other people to create their own stories, but it's just the, this fiction that he's created and the, the way the images flow is just beautiful. So that's, and I think when I, when, when Ian sort of uh, was like, would you like to work with another place press? That was just so exciting to have, to have had that one and to think, oh, I can, you I know, can, yeah. yeah, work off of, this and aim for this um, and then I don't know I think those are four of the most significant Lovely. and then I was just talking to you earlier about uh, having a sort of wish list book there's a that I've never seen but I've used for research is a book by Christian Patterson called Red-Headed Peckerwood I just love to get my hands on that again right. it's a story through a landscape um, but if I'm allowed to sneak in an extra one a recent purchase has been um I walk towards the sun, which is always going down, by Alan Huck. Okay. And it's it's about photography and walking, um, which obviously is laterally with my Orkney project, my main focus. Yeah, very um, relevant. I think his walks are maybe rather than being a set, like I I have to walk on the coastline. I think he's free to go where he wants within the city. Okay. Yeah. And it's this sort of reflections and thoughts and meditations and sort of ruminations that come from walking interspersed between his photographs yeah and it's maybe a, a looser 
um, story through a landscape than, than mine, which are maybe sort of driving on this linear thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but again, a, a journey through a landscape where your thoughts are allowed to move in time with the land. Very good, lovely. Well, there are some absolutely some fantastic suggestions. I've heard of one of two of one or two of them. I've got one of them, um, and I'll certainly be checking out some of the others as well. So um, it's uh, it's really been a pleasure to chat to you this morning, Francis. It's been a it's been lovely hearing your your story about your journey along the A nine. Um, many Scots have got their own journeys along the A nine, but um, well, you well you talk about uh, Robert and how his images allow everyone to develop their own story. I would say your images in, in the A9 allow everyone to develop their own story and bring back all the memories that they've got of sitting in the back of the car, rain blasting off the window, <laughs> as, as you look out for the significant key points that tell you I'm nearly there and the, the, this, yeah. this, this torture is nearly over. Yeah. And, then, and then 20, 30 years later, it's it's such a beautiful road to drive and you, you you appreciate it for entirely different things so so yeah thank you very much for your time francis and it's really been a pleasure chatting to you yeah well thank you so much for having me and thanks for giving me the opportunity to discuss it in more detail it's been great absolutely it's been been my pleasure so thank you very much cheers thank you